0: Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Glenn North. He's an award-winning poet who in 2016 was named the first Poet Laureate of the 18th and Vine Historic District. He's also the co-founder of the African American Artists Collective and an activist, educator, and arts
1: executive. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly.
0: Well, first of all, some congratulations are in order. You have just started as the Director of Inclusive Learning and Creative Impact at the Kansas City Museum.
1: Yes, yes, I am really excited about this opportunity.
0: We're really going to talk about that and what the grand reopening of the museum means for Kansas City and our history. But what I want to talk about first, is take yourself back to 2014. You were part of a group that created the African-American Artists Collective. Tell us about that group and how it's bringing awareness to African-American artists and the Black Arts Movement.
1: Well, 2014. It seems like yesterday.
2: <laughs> Doesn't it, <laughs> <But>,
1: uh, <laughs> Yeah, it does. But I uh, was working at the American Jazz Museum at that time. I was the director of education, working very closely with our curator, Sonny Ruffin. And uh, Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, who, as mayor, had started that whole renovation and revitalization effort on 18th and Vine, um, asked us to meet with him at the Gates on Main. So it was Sonny and myself, along with two photographers, Jason Piggy and Diallo French. There was also a great musician, saxophone player, director of entertainment for the Jazz Museum. Uh, Gerald Dunn was there. And Congressman Cleaver had expressed to us that although the 18th and Vine area was doing well, there were still a lot of things that he hoped would happen there that hadn't happened yet. And he said that one of the things that he had realized is he wanted that to be a great area and a dynamic area for artists, but in terms of the organization, I guess the planning of the revitalization effort did not include any artists. And so he thought perhaps Getting input from us could. Uh, help him uh, come up with some ideas about how to move things forward. And so after that, we started looking for a place to kind of have a headquarters um, on 18th and Vine. And, you know, unfortunately that didn't happen. But at that point, that conversation had gotten started. And so there were a couple of other things that, that we had tried and uh, we just kind of lost momentum. And there were a couple of iterations over the course of uh, the next four years. But finally, around 2018, Sun was just like, you know, enough's enough. We've been talking about this for four years and it's just time for us to be serious about this effort. In the 18th and Vine area, there was also conversations around equity in the arts community. We had noticed a lot of arts organizations were oftentimes getting a lion's share of money that was coming from grants and fellowships and opportunities for residencies and things like that and just seemed like we were not at the table when those decisions were being made and so we figured it would be important for us to act as a collective and to have uh, our voices unite um, so that we could not only find a seat at the table but perhaps even create our own table along with that just to build a network of artists that could share resources and even um, opportunities for mentorship. So that was the conversation in 2018. And fast forward to this past spring, uh, we were invited uh, by the Nelson to have an exhibit. And as we were discussing what the theme of that exhibit would be, you know, we got to talking about representation and we got to talking about the importance of telling our stories. And out of that conversation, we decided that the exhibit would be called Testimony. And it is currently at the Nelson and will be there through March the 27th.
0: So that is one example of how pulling together Multiple voices, like you did with the collective, really starts to increase your influence. Here you have this new exhibit on display at the Nelson, which is a center of a lot of the cultural activities here in Kansas City. School children go there. Visitors from out of town go there, uh, in addition to the residents. So, so lots of awareness that that is creating. What are some of the other things that you have been able to do as a collective?
1: We have uh, developed a website that really provides connectivity to all of the different artists uh, from various disciplines that comprise the collective. Many of us are connected to artists outside of the Kansas City area, so that's been a wonderful way uh, for us to build and develop relationships above and beyond um, Kansas City. We've worked with Charlotte Street to do exhibits. There have been uh, some opportunities to have access to different buildings so that we can do workshops there. And, you know, artists can have studio space and it's just really been a, an incredible ride. We've had exhibits at the Lee Volcus 21C. We've been working closely with the 21C hotel to do some uh, programming there uh, with some of the, the members of the collective. So it's just kind of been this, this ripple effect uh, and, and, there were things that were really happening before testimony opened at the Nelson, but since that has happened, there's just so many conversations we're having about what the next steps are, and it's it's really exciting.
0: Well, can you tell us a little bit about that future, what you're thinking?
1: One of the priorities now is to find our own space to find a building, hopefully, that would have room for us to have studios and performances. We've been very fortunate in that, as I said, Charlotte Street and some other organizations have allowed us to utilize different spaces around the city short-term for exhibits and certain programs, but we really want our own space. We also uh, want to partner with other organizations, one in particular um, in Arrow Rock, Missouri, to start providing artist residency opportunities for members of the collective and those who might be affiliated with the collective. We want to have ongoing programs, workshops just to kind of have a consistent presence and to continue to grow and to evolve. Right now, in terms of, you know, our numbers on a national level, we're somewhere around 130. And the testimony exhibit, of course, has certainly given us attention in that a lot of other artists are interested in joining. So I'm hoping that uh, in the future, the connectivity with people who live outside of Kansas City will create opportunities for artists to expand their reach and scope as they continue to evolve.
0: Let's step back for a minute. I congratulated you as we got started here on your new job at the Kansas City Museum. Again, that's very exciting because the museum has been closed for several years now for renovations, and it's going to reopen here really soon on October the 21st, right? Right. Yeah, and so my understanding is that those renovations were designed to create a 21st century museum of Kansas City's multicultural history that one of the things that they're calling it is that it's going to be the home of the whole story. Tell us about what that means.
1: Well, yeah, you know, in the museum industry, um, after the death of George Floyd, there were all these conversations about what museums could mean and reimagining how museums could be a part of the communities and the cities that they reside in. The Kansas City Museum was already moving in that direction in that Museums, just like you know, we talk about what's going on in the education system, have not always been inclusive in terms of the narratives that are a part of the content in those museums. So there are a lot of people, particularly um, Black people and people of color, disenfranchised communities, Whose stories have not been told in those spaces. And so, toward that end, put together a team, a design team comprised of historians, curators, artists, and educators from all different backgrounds so that um, diversity would be baked into the DNA of the content of the museum. And so, Above and beyond what you would see um, in the permanent exhibit, the museum will also have performance spaces and opportunities for great programs. So it will be an ongoing effort to make sure all of the voices um, in our community are represented there.
0: And this isn't your first time working in this space. You've been active in capturing the cultural history of African-Americans in Kansas City for many Years Now, I mean, you've worked with the Black Archives of Mid-America and we've we've had Dr. Karma on the show and you were executive director of the Bruce R. Watkins Cultural Heritage Center. And I believe you were with the American Jazz Museum for a while. So how have all those experiences shaped what your vision for the Kansas City Museum will be and, and what your goals for it are?
1: Well, I think that museums can stand in the gap as a a space where learning is taking place. Museums and cultural institutions have a little more liberty in our ability uh, to be more inclusive. And it's our responsibility. And so I feel that it's important that you tell the whole story. Because what I noticed when I worked in the American Jazz Museum and the Black Archives and even at Bruce R. Watkins is that, you know, white people... Are also uh, disenfranchised when they don't understand the fullness or are not made aware of the fullness of American history, which is our shared history. So there were often times when people would come in and they weren't Fully aware of how Kansas City evolved and how, you know, redlining impacted people who were living east of Troost or other things that they just weren't aware of. And I've oftentimes seen them be angry about that. And I think that if we educate our youth and help them to understand, you know, that America is comprised of all these different ethnicities and all of these different heritages and, it creates a space for us to move beyond uh, racism and, and all of those things that that divide us. And I know that's a, a noble uh, kind of a thought, but I think that we, we have to think in those terms because we're, we're battling against uh, 400 years of a certain way uh, a system has operated. So it takes all of us to do the work of, of dismantling those systems that, that keep us divided.
0: In your poetry, addresses social justice issues and that self-empowerment you talk about for the disenfranchised. But artists themselves sometimes aren't as prominently featured in the annals of history because it's the artists who are preserving the historical record and they're doing it before we're even thinking about it as history. So, what are your thoughts on that intersection between art and activism and history?
1: I think artists are, you know, typically um, at the vanguard of struggle. I think Nina Simone said it best when she said it's an artist's responsibility to reflect the times. Um, we are documentarians and we we are very interested in making sure that we are recording uh, what has taken place during the times that we live. I think what makes an artist different than a historian, though, is that there is an opportunity through art. Uh, whether it's music or, or poetry or visual art, to, to capture emotions. That's so important to, to know the facts, but I think art captures the truth. And it captures the truth in a way that resonates on an emotional level. And that's how change takes place. I uh, think about my college years. I was, you know, very angry and and organized several protests uh, on the campus of Lincoln University. And I would oftentimes give speeches that got me in trouble. And, you know, uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, I would be in these debates uh, with the administrators about the things that, that I was communicating And as I became more and more interested in using poetry as a vehicle to express those thoughts, I started to see that the response was much different. Now, I could be saying the exact same thing in a poem that I said in a speech 30 years ago, but it just hits people different. And I think that art has the ability to do that. And once you tap someone on an emotional level, I think that's when change starts to take place.
0: Art has a power to unify. It helps to break down those divisions. Uh, The artwork itself can uh, provoke or encourage natural conversations that might not take place without that piece of art. And in addition, it helps to create the identity a lot of times of a place. Can you talk to us about that?
1: Certainly. So you, when you think about Kansas City, you know, we look to 18th and Vine as Helping to shape part of who we are as a city, and we, we talk about being this place where, where jazz music uh, grew up. And, and one of the things that we also talk about, and I will consider the culinary arts, you know we're a great place uh, to find uh, some good barbecue, right? And yes. so that's mm-hmm. kind of helped to shape our identity. And I think that Congressman Cleaver was moving in the right direction uh, because he had talked about essentially artists being uh, involved in civic engagement. And artists should be uh, working with the city council. Artists should be working with the Office of City Planning to kind of help shape how Kansas City evolves. And I think that we have uh, just an abundance of artists and a bunch of cultural resources here. You've named several of them. Jazz Museum, the Negro League Baseball Museum, the Black Archives, Rusar Watkins, the Nelson, the Kemper. We've got all of these it's really, for a city this size, an embarrassment of riches in terms of the, the artistic community that exists here. And if we were more involved, I think that we could help shape Kansas City's own unique identity. And so that people would be looking at us. And in terms of the economic impact, we could be a, a destination for, for tourism if we were able to just amplify the voices of the artists in this community when creative people uh, and even professional people are thinking about Relocating, they oftentimes look to what is the art and culture of that city like? What kind of identity does that city have uh, before they make decisions to move there? Yes. Those are a lot of the things that are considered when, you know, a major convention is trying to decide where they want to, uh, you know, have their convention. So I think that if we were able to incorporate artists in all of these different aspects of what happens if if we work collectively um, there's some incredible things that that could happen as Kansas City moves forward
0: well on that note Glenn thank you so much for everything that you have been doing for all these many years to elevate black artists in kansas city and we just really appreciate all that you're doing
1: well, thank you so much for having me thank you for providing a platform for folks in the community who are just you know we're all out here doing our best to make kansas city better
2: this is joe close president of country club bank thank you to glenn north for being our guest on this episode of banking on kc artists like glenn strengthen communities when communities support the arts, art becomes a thriving part of the culture and attracts others to the community, contributing to the economy. Artists also help to shape a community's identity. Using art as an expression of a community's cultural and social values, artists preserve our history, even as we are still living it. An artist's bridge divides as their art invites candid conversations. Kansas City is brimming with talented artists who express themselves through a variety of forms, painting, sculpture, textiles, live performances, architecture, and more. We encourage you to explore their work, which is on display all around us. In museum settings, such as a testimony exhibit at the Nelson, to murals on the sides of buildings, to live performances in venues, ranging from the Kauffman Center to coffee houses and nightclubs. Country Club Bank is proud to work with and showcase local artists through our relationships with community partners such as Arts KC and the Nelson. And we're also privileged to rotate the work of many local artists in our headquarter lobby at One Ward Parkway every quarter. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC.